0: The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com.
1: Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup Hello and welcome to the show.
2: As you know, I love coffee. After all, it is Coffee with Jenny B. And I love discovering new coffee shops and new coffee roasters. And lately I find that we've had some new coffee shops and some new coffee roasters. And I'm excited to try everything that they can offer. And the one that I want to talk about today is Mass Coffee it's located in the Exchange District at 70 Arthur Street, and I have David Pinto with me today. He is one of the co-owners of Mass Coffee, and he's going to share everything he knows about coffee and how he got started, and so let me welcome David. Hey, David.
0: Hey, Johnny, Thanks for having me on the show today.
2: You're welcome. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. Now, During the day, you are a phys ed teacher for Calvin Christian Collegiate. Now, that's a full-time job, correct?
0: That's full-time. That's what I like to do. Well, that's what I do during the day.
2: All right. So you do that during the day, and then you are the coffee master at night. Is that a correct way of putting it?
0: Well, I don't know if I'd go that far in calling it a coffee (laughs) master, but I like messing around with coffee.
2: Wonderful. So how did you get started in the coffee business?
0: Yeah, so that's been a long time coming. It's been a, a goal, almost a dream of mine for a while just to do. I've just enjoyed coffee for a long time. And really, it all started after high school, going to university and uh, just being in university, you know, the late night studying sessions, grab a cup of coffee, moving away, doing uh, my education degree out in Brandon. When so I was doing my education degree. Um, I got into coaching, uh coaching a basketball team, a high school basketball team. And I, I remember one of the first uh experiences that I that I had with coffee that kind of blew my mind was uh taking this basketball team out to Calgary and visiting uh Phil and Sebastian coffee roasters and just trying their coffee out there and being like, Whoa, this is uh this is not your Typical cup of uh, McDonald's or Tim Hortons coffee. It's, it it was just a different experience that uh, just really got me interested in, the, in, in in finding different coffees and different flavors and profiles and and all of that kind of stuff.
2: Well, that's amazing. I know a little bit about the coffee not not so much the coffee business, but I, I know a little bit about coffee. But it's just fascinating to hear your story and how you are working with with coffee in your coffee shop. And so has it always been, I guess, a dream of yours to have a coffee shop or to do something with coffee?
0: You know, just going back to my early twenties, um, I just remember hanging out with some friends at, uh, at a cafe on Cordon and just feeling, feeling the vibe there and just sitting there and enjoying drinks and coffee and, and just thinking, this is cool. This, this is something I, I wouldn't mind doing at some point, uh even if it's just uh yeah no so it definitely uh turned into a bit of a a goal of mine to to maybe get to that point and uh and here we are so it took a bunch of years to get here but uh, the opportunities came around uh covid and uh yeah we were able to to get mass coffee going
2: well you know it's interesting how coffee can have that effect on you you know because you know they say that coffee is very addictive. And, you know, it's an addiction that I don't mind having <laughs> because I love having my coffee and it's something that I look forward to. But it's interesting to hear about your experience, you know, trying coffee and probably trying some really good coffee and thinking, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I definitely want to do something with it. And yeah, it it took a couple of years for you to get to that point, but I truly believe that things happen for a reason. And sometimes if you try to push it or force it, it doesn't quite work out. I mean, you can still make it happen, but maybe the timing isn't right for everything. And so it's interesting as well to learn that you were thinking of opening opening mass coffee in the pandemic, you know, because everything else was shutting down. And so you were in sort of in the background, you know, working on your plans and, and starting to consider what that would look like in terms of your own coffee shop.
0: Well, really the way it played out was during that pandemic, I was just hanging out like we all were in in our lockdown times and I started looking up different, uh, just watching different videos on coffee roasting and one thing led to the next and then I was looking at finding a small little roaster for my house um, just to learn how to roast and and like I said, ended up uh, actually purchasing a roaster. Um, once I've, I bought that roaster on its way to, to Winnipeg, I realized, yeah, this roaster isn't going to, it's not going to be a a basement kind of roasting project or, or something I can do out of my garage. So my whole idea was that uh, at first during the pandemic was just to, to, to roast coffee and do farmer's markets, you know, just kind of as a hobby on the weekends, right? Because of, because of teaching during the day. So I started looking into roasters and and then one roaster led to the next and um ended up purchasing the one that we have sitting at Moss Coffee right now. So yeah, once once we got that rolling, right, I was like, oh boy, this isn't this isn't gonna be a project for my house. So I started looking around for different spaces, and that's when I connected with uh with an old friend of mine, Cam, who's now the co-owner of Moss Coffee, and uh one thing just led to the next and we ended up finding the space on Arthur. So once we got that space, um, we brought our roaster in and then we're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a nice space. And now we have all this extra space just wide open. Like once the roaster's in there, we realize how much more space we had. So naturally, the project snowballed from just like, hey, we're going to roast to do some e-commerce, to do some farmers markets, to a whole full out takeout coffee bar slash small roastery. And that's kind of how Moss Coffee came to be.
2: Well, you know, it's, it's definitely a journey because I know that initially, uh, you know, based on what you're, you're saying in terms of getting that roaster that you were probably just concentrating on, as you say, roasting and then, you know, selling the beans at different farmers markets, which a lot of roasters, I mean, that's how they start out, you know, because they have full time jobs and, you know, this is something that they do almost like you're saying almost as a hobby. But the funny thing about coffee. Is that once you get into it, it really takes a hold of you. And so I can see that what you've done with your shop is absolutely amazing because I love that. Well, first of all, I guess you had all the space and I can't, and the roaster's not hooked up yet. So, okay. So we need to do something. So let's turn this into a coffee shop and you've got all, all the coffee that you have from it's Saint Frank that you get your coffee from, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so right now we're getting our coffee from St. Frank's. They're based out of San Francisco. And uh, they're also uh, one of our connections, one of our early connections to uh, sourcing green coffee from farmers in Central America. But yeah, it's funny. No, like you said, our roaster still isn't hooked up. And it was like what got this whole project and idea going It was the first piece of equipment that I purchased. And it's going to be the last to get hooked up again. With COVID and and all these supply demand issues that are going around, it's been hard to get parts for it. And um, actually, finally, our venting arrived, so it started getting set up this week, and we will hopefully have that thing fired up finally. <laughs> about a year later.
2: Oh my goodness, that's great news! I can't wait.
0: Yeah, our guys were in this week, and it uh, should be up and running, and then well, up and running in the next few days, and then we got to do some city inspections and all that stuff. So it's a process, but. It's been fun and it's been a good learning curve. Um and yeah, it's been also a good test and teaching moments on patience. Oh,
2: absolutely. And when you're doing something that you love, you know, because obviously with your full time job and you've got a family and all the rest of it, you know, it's not a hobby that you take very lightly. And so I'm going to guess that because you've been you've been working as an as a phys ed teacher for how many years now?
0: Uh it's about ten years now.
2: 10 years now and you love your job don't you
0: Yeah it's good times
2: Yeah so now you love your job you've been doing it for for 10 years and now you're in the coffee business and it's another passion project of yours and I know that when you're involved with a passion project like the podcast is one of mine you really put your heart and soul into it and I can see the results of of what you've done because the way that you've laid out the coffee shop in terms of you know, supporting local and getting pastries and, and having, you know, Gina prepare specific pastries for you, I think is is absolutely amazing. And tell us a story because you had mentioned that you had purchased a year's supply of coffee beans from one farm in Honduras. So tell me about that.
0: Yeah. So I guess, yeah, circling back to St. Frank's, St. Frank's Coffee, they also run a project called Bonaventure Coffee Project. And they started that up, again, also during COVID, during the pandemic. Back in uh, November of 2020, Honduras was hit hard by two big floods that just pretty much crushed all of the farmers' crops for that year. For that season, um, I remember seeing pictures of like, it was, it's just those pictures you see of people riding around in little fishing boats because the water was so bad, right? So Honduras was hit hard by two floods, um, and COVID, right? All, everything all at once. So Bonaventure Coffee Project was started by the owner of St. Frank's together with, uh, Benjamin Paz, who's a, he's a big farmer coffee producer out of Santa Barbara in Honduras. And their goal and their mission is basically to connect all these small farmers, all these farmers in Honduras with different cafes and coffee roasters to create relationships with each other and just support each other. Um, So we were able to secure a small lot of coffee. It was about 1,000, 1,200 pounds of coffee that a producer uh, just outside of Santa Barbara produced uh, last season, right? So we were able to commit to buying his lot and that's just something you want to be doing right Just working directly with the with the farmers and and helping them out and bringing good coffee over to Canada
2: mm-hmm and you know it's interesting you mentioned about dealing directly with the farmers because I had a conversation uh, last week I guess with someone who is also a coffee roaster and he believes in direct trade so it's I mean fair trade is one thing where you're paying a fair price for farmers. But when you're dealing directly with the farmers, it's direct trade, so the money goes directly to the farmers. And I really love that idea that you're supporting them because, you know, again, you're not just supporting the farm, but you're also supporting the community. And that makes a huge difference.
0: And the way I connected with the crew at Bonaventure, and then when I started kind of talking to them and, and having conversations with them, like, it hit close to home that they're trying to help out all the Honduras farmers. Big part of my story and moss coffee is that I was born in Honduras. My family's from Honduras, so that's why anytime you've come, if you've been able to stop by Moss, um, we'll, we'll probably tell you what we have on bar is is either a straight Honduras coffee or maybe a Honduras Guatemala blend, something from the Central American region. Because, like I said, that's where I was born. That's where my family grew up with, and and there's good coffee produced in Honduras and in Central America that we would like to bring to Winnipeg and showcase a little bit more so yeah we uh, we connected with uh, with danilo he's the farmer and yeah we uh, we, uh, we bought his entire farm and again my, my parents have a house in Honduras so I'm actually looking forward to to taking a trip down to Honduras and being able to go to these farms and talk to the farmers and meet with them and kind of just learn about their process and, and all that stuff so that's also in the plans and and coming in the future and just different things that we're looking forward to as part of this whole mass Coffee project.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that you are featuring Honduras because I don't find that coffee in a lot of the coffee shops right now. And so what you're offering is something different and something that people will want to try because when you tell them it's from Honduras, first of all, not everybody knows where it's located. And so there's a little bit of education there as well. But I love the flavor profile of the coffee from Honduras because it's typically not a dark roast. It's more of a medium roast, isn't that?
0: That's really depending on how the roaster takes it, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's common to find as a medium roast. It's a little more balanced. And I find a lot of the coffees from once you head over to Africa and stuff, you're you're still, you're getting a little more of the High acidity kind of taste just based on their elevations and and temperatures and everything it, it all 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 the different factors that that play into that change the the different flavors of the coffee, but yeah, typically you'll find a lot of medium roast with the Honduras or a little bit of lighter roast, but it's not as common that in the local coffee scene, you'll find the dark roast Honduras,
2: I guess that makes sense because I find that even with Ethiopian coffee, you're talking about that high acidity that it's not very common. I mean, there there will be some dark roast, but it's more medium roast. And so, yeah, someone told me once that when it's dark roast, it almost tastes like it's burnt.
0: I have a friend who will describe dark roast as very smoky, right? Very burnt. Again, it's just the length of time that uh, you have the coffee beans uh, per se cooking in the oven, right? So if you stick a turkey in for too long, it's going to taste burnt, going to taste a little more. Charred, right?
2: Right. Yeah, it'll taste dry versus moist and juicy. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Because you're just you're taking out more of that flavor, right? You're just cooking it up more.
2: You know, it's interesting because uh, again, uh, the, the idea that you're trying to bring out that flavor and maybe leaving it longer, so that, you know, the idea is that if you, the longer you leave it in the roaster, the more flavor will come out. But actually, have like you say, having that smoky flavor or the sort of a charred taste takes away from the flavor profile
0: itself. Yeah, there's so many factors that just go into finding the right flavor profiles of coffee when you're roasting, how much gas you're putting through, how much air you're putting into the drum, um, how much time you have it in there for. Honestly, one of the things that I, I tell people now that I didn't really realize as I was getting into this whole coffee world was how much math and science there was to it, math and physics. You know my two strong suits back in high school. I really <laughs> loved them, but now, yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect that. So it's been fun to learn and I have gone down to a few different roasting courses that I've been doing and just uh, trying to learn how to get that coffee going. But again, it's all subjective, right? Somebody can like it and somebody might not. It's 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 a it's one of those things where it, it depends on your taste buds and what you like. So there's no real wrong way to do it.
2: No, you're exactly right. And, you know, I, I think about when high school's over and, and we're saying, you know, I don't know why we take math because we'll never use math in, in real life. And yet here you are talking about using math and science in coffee. <laughs> I like to joke that everything, science is in everything.
0: Right. So to all the kids who might be listening, don't complain about math and science teachers, right? Because uh, who, who knows where you'll end up needing it down the road.
2: <laughs> That's Right. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now, let's get back to the show. So I I can understand the science part of it and the math part of it. So how does that work in terms of, is it that you are trying out the length of the roasting like, or is it the heat or what exactly are are you using the math and science for when it comes to coffee?
0: Well, even to just like once you have your coffee roasted and figured out and just different extraction rates and how much grams of coffee you're putting in versus how much you want to come out and the length of time that it's brewing. And there's just all sorts of different charts and stuff that you can look at and different guides that you can be using that way. So, yeah, when it comes to extracting coffee, there's a whole math to it that that you can put together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And with roasting, again, I'm not an expert roaster yet, but from what I've learned and from what I know, right, just like how much air you're pushing through, um, how much gas is going in, and at what point you're going to pull back on the gas, and for how long and what difference in flavor do you get for roasting for ten minutes versus twelve minutes, and that kind of stuff, so
2: yeah, that makes sense and when in terms of roasting, you said you're you were you were taking some courses in roasting uh is Is it someone local that you're working with in terms of I don't know if it's teaching you roasting or showing you how to do
0: the roasting? well, Cam and I have both been connecting with a crew down in Minneapolis actually. Um, we purchased our roaster from Mill City Roasters, so we've taken advantage of a lot of their mentorship and classes that they offer and just uh, availability to just answer emails or chat or ask any questions or so it's it's for it's with a crew from Minneapolis currently that we've kind of been learning with, and recently we actually uh, hired a guy who's working at our shop right now, he's kind of our day-to-day operations manager slash he's going to be our head roaster as he has um, many years of roasting experience out at a roaster in Ontario when he was living out there. So we're excited to have him on our team now too. And really, in the end, a lot of the coffee you, you may be having will, will likely be roasted by our guy, Jonathan. <laughs> so, Well,
2: you know what? It It doesn't hurt to have extra roasters or or people with extra experience because it's almost like you're learning from each other so what you're learning may be something that jonathan didn't know and then jonathan can help you and so i mean the ultimate goal is to make sure that you're producing the best coffee that you can and and so working together as a team i think is is a really good idea
0: absolutely
2: yeah now now how did cam get involved in the coffee business with you
0: cam i've known cam I don't know. I've known him since he was like a teenager. He's uh, he graduated with my brother, so he's he's a few years younger than I am. Uh, he went to high school with my brother, and with Cam, the way we connected was Cam actually runs a business called Event Light, where what they do is well, it's just that they they set up lighting for events, whether it's corporate events, concerts. Um, they do a lot of weddings in the summer, and. Um, Back in the fall last year, when we started looking for a space together, the reason we connected was because I I ran into him and we were talking and he was telling me about uh, a new building that him and his company were, were purchasing. So I reached out and I said, hey, I want to chat. I just wanted to ask him to see if maybe they had a small corner in the warehouse that I could rent to set up the roaster and just do kind of like a little bit of a warehouse roastery like I said, right, the The original goal was just to do farmer's markets and, and all this. So I was cool with the idea of just finding a little warehouse to set up the roaster in so that I could do that. Turns out that when they bought the building, there was already a tenant in there that wanted to keep renting from them. So there turned out to not be any space. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, we started talking and uh, we just know, one thing led to the next. And then we started looking at different spaces together and well, we actually originally put an offer to lease on a space pretty close by actually in, in a similar area. But uh, apparently the owner of that building didn't take the offer or didn't want to do the lease because they didn't uh, like the idea of the smell of coffee everywhere, which is crazy to me. But hey, I don't know. Maybe some people just don't like coffee, but still crazy to me.
2: Crazy to me too. <laughs> so
0: that didn't work out and and it was a bit of a, a blessing in disguise because we ended up where we're at on Arthur and it's a space that we... Really love and uh, and and I'm glad it worked out the way it did.
2: Mm-hmm. I am too, and and it seems like the perfect space for you because where the roaster is located. So when you walk through the, the the doors, you're seeing the counter, and you've got the pastries, and then over to the left, you've got all the bags of coffee and and some Manitoba products that you're you're uh, promoting, and then when you go off to the right, and then in the corner is where the roaster is, and so the setup, even though it Probably wasn't exactly what you were thinking originally. I think that this setup actually works out really well for you because you've got the roaster there and you've got the rest of the the, the cafe, so to speak, set up. And so I think it'll work out really well. So things happen for a reason, right? And and here you are. And I can't wait to, uh, to try your roasted coffee. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So until we get there, though, uh, you can come by and enjoy some a, a good cup from St. Frank's. And, and one of the things we like about them is that, again, I know from the conversations we've had, they, they have kind of the same values that we want to, to have and be known for, right? Um, just connecting with the same farmers, um, working with the same farmers that we're going to be working with. Uh, that was part of the whole the whole reason we uh, we started a relationship with them right cuz we haven't figured out yet mas is spanish for more and and that's kind of in our slogan right we we want to do more it's not just about the coffee but it's also about relationships right with people in our local community with people abroad and and especially with people in in central and south america
2: mhm and i love that because on on your wall at the back it says coffee doing more
0: It does. But you know what? We just got our venting hooked up and the big vent kind of covers it up. So I'm going to, I'm thinking about getting that moved now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Besides the point, uh, that's what it says. It says coffee doing more.
2: Yeah. And, and really it does because when you think about, okay, we were talking about direct trade and fair trade and communities and, and the fact that the farm actually supports again, the community, and, you know, I always talk about the journey from farm to cup, you know, the idea that your 2 3 $4 cup of coffee is supporting, you know, so many people along the way. So, you know, it's supporting the coffee shop who, you know, then if you're buying beans either directly from the farmer or through a distributor, and then the whole chain, you know, it, it's amazing to think about and the fact that you're doing so much good for so many people. And I don't think people really stop to think about it. It's just more of a, you know, I'm going to grab my coffee to go and I'm busy in the morning and not stopping to think about that. And so when you do have, and, and I hope you move it to a really prominent place, so people might ask, so what does that mean, coffee doing more? And then it's an opportunity for you to provide that education and that knowledge and let them know that by buying that cup of coffee from you, this is who they are supporting.
0: Yeah, so so really by buying that cup of coffee, right, it helps us connect and support these farmers and do things like that where we can buy this one farmer's whole production. We started with a small farm, right? And as we grow, hopefully we'll be able to connect with uh, farmers who have a bigger production that we can commit to, right? So yeah, with buying that cup of coffee, it helps us be able to to staff people here locally. Um, It helps us commit to buying this coffee from these farmers who are then providing jobs for people in their communities also, right? So Mm -hmm. I just think about, hey, like we were able to support this farmer by buying his his entire production. Like that's meaningful to these people, right? Like a few thousand dollars to us might not seem like a whole lot, but like I said, I was down in Honduras visiting family a couple of years ago, just pre-COVID and like what they're making a day is compared to what we, we can make, right? Like, so just to be able to say, hey, we just bought your whole production. It's, it's supporting him, his family, and the people that he employs to help work on his farm.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's amazing that you did that. I mean, the fact that you did that, uh, not knowing when you were going to get your roaster hooked up, but it was it was something that, that you were passionate about doing. It's like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to have the beans, and, you know, whenever the roaster is ready, it doesn't matter, but at least I've got it. And how did you feel once you made that purchase that you, you supported that farmer? What was that feeling like for you?
0: Yeah, I know it was cool. And, and uh, it was a good feeling. And, and like mm-hmm. I said, um, you know what? It's good to see other roasters in town. I know there's other roasters in town doing the same thing. I know for a fact that the guys at Tom Bargain have connected with Bonaventure and have have brought in some Honduras coffee through them also. So um yeah, no, it's it's good to, it's it's good that we here in North America or up in Canada can take our resources to support other people, right? I know part of my teaching gig every year up until the COVID days, we would take a group of great we'll take a great a group of grade eleven students down to um to Mexico just to do some house builds and just to get them to experience different Culture and and different worldviews and, and all that and conversations with people down there. They're like, yeah, you know, we make like twenty dollars a day, and they're that's they're really happy with that, right? That's kind of so. It's just awesome being able to think about that, the fact that we can that we're privileged up here, but we can do do our part to help others. You know,
2: mm-hmm. and again, it's it's coffee doing more, and it's not necessarily the coffee to drink, but it's the whole it's the whole idea of coffee.
0: And it's not just doing more in that sense, right? You can think of coffee doing more as in it brings community together, right? Like you you go out with your friends to catch up and drink coffee. You go you go out with uh, friends and family, right? Just to to bond over coffee. And even when we were setting up mass Coffee, um everything that like we said from the get go, like we wanna support locals, so all our tradespeople are little local guys right it's it's like a one or two man crew three man crew not a big corporate trades company or whatever not that there's anything wrong with that but that's just the, the route we wanted to take right we wanted to support either people that we have some kind of relationship with in the trades want to support the local economy and the local uh, community and then it's kind of just snowballed from there.
2: Mhm. I'm such a believer in community and relationships because that's what I'm all about is relationships and I mean my podcast is Conversations Over Coffee. You know, it's funny I had someone ask me one day, "So, what is your niche market? Like who is listening to your podcast? Like who is in your audience?" And I said it's anybody who loves coffee, it's anybody who wants to have a conversation over coffee because you know, I don't specifically talk to one particular type of person. I, I speak to everyone. I speak to everyone. Everyone has a story to tell. And I'm happy to provide the uh, the outlet, so to speak, to have that story come out and learn more about, you know, why you got involved and, in, you know, your your history with Cam and the history with Honduras and your family and, you know, wanting to do more again. And not just necessarily coffee, because if it wasn't coffee, I'm sure you would have found something else. That's something that, is deep inside of you, that that passion. I mean, the fact that you, you're you a phys ed teacher for 10 years and you're helping kids learn how to be stronger, to be more athletic, to have some values because it is Calvin Christian school. And, and so there's that, all of that that is involved in it. And so the fact that, you know, you're taking that passion for what you're doing in your day job or your career, because it's not just a job, it's a career you know you know making a difference for the kids but then in what you're doing here you're making a difference for that farm in Honduras and perhaps more farms but you're also making a difference in the community because now you have opened a coffee shop in the exchange district that you know there wasn't really anything there you know and there's a few others that have have opened up um since but just having something there that is sort of in the heart of the exchange district And so you're providing coffee and community and connections and, you know, delicious pastries and supporting local and, and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm happy that you're able to do that.
0: Yeah, it's a great spot and it's, uh, it's, it's good that we can maybe fill the void on that side of the exchange, right? I know, I know COVID might have, uh, well, I don't know what the whole story is, but I know COVID might have um, shut down Fourth on on the other side of Main Street, and we got Parlor who who've been doing their thing for for probably the longest time in the in the independent coffee kind of community, right? I think they were. I think Mills and Parlor were. He was the first to do the whole small independent coffee, third wave coffee shop here in the city.
2: Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's been a good community to connect with and get to know and um everybody's been the coffee communities like again again you you hang out and you meet and talk over coffee, right The coffee community has been great like um everybody's been super helpful in our whole process and yeah it, it's a, it's a good community to be a part of
2: I agree and you know i I was talking to uh, another roaster and I guess somebody had asked him a question about, oh, so you know is there any competition between you know, the different coffee shops and the different coffee roasters. And he said, no, there's, there's no competition because every everybody offers something a little different,
0: right? That's just it, right? Like everybody will be every, – like like I said a little bit earlier, right? Uh, roasting can be subjective. It could be to what your flavor profile, like what you like to drink, right? So everybody does offer a little bit – something a little bit different and and has a bit of a different kind of – almost niche, right? Like – with us, you're going to find the, the Latin American baked goods in the Central American coffee, right? That's kind of what you'll find if you come to Mass. Um, and then, uh, yeah.
2: And you know what? Variety is the spice of life. I mean, if all the coffee tasted the same, I guess it would be okay, but it would be kind of kind of boring in the sense, right? <laughs> because, you know, I can come to you for Honduras coffee and I can, you know, I can go see, you know, Colosmos and you know, they have their coffee from Costa Rica, for instance. And then, you know, I'll I'll go to Harrison's and, you know, Al likes to bring in coffee from all over the world. And so it's always something a little different. And that's the beauty because then you get to try something new. You know, and, and for me, the exciting part is bringing home a brand new bag of coffee, and I'm excited to try it. And and for me, you know, you were talking about the, the guy that um, didn't want you to rent his space because he didn't like the smell of coffee. Well, <laughs> For me, it's like I open the bag and the first thing I do is stick my face in the bag and I'm I'm just inhaling that aroma from from the coffee beans. And especially if it's coffee that's freshly roasted, and it's like, oh my gosh, it just smells delicious. And yeah. and then when I actually brew a pot of it, it's like, yeah, I'm in heaven.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much how it is. I'm in heaven. That's a <laughs> good description.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, uh, David, for being here and talking about how you got started in coffee and, you know, the whole history with mass coffee. And and I'm excited to to learn that you're going to have your roaster up and running and hopefully we'll have some freshly roasted coffee from Honduras by the end of the year. So fingers crossed that everything works out for you.
0: Yeah, it's one thing after another. One day I told Cam yesterday one day we'll have a roaster. It's always one issue or 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 another, but with that thing, but it's it's slowly getting there, so soon, soon soon it'll be up and running,
2: yeah, one step at a time and and the fact that you know you're you're invested in it now like you can't you can't quit, you can't go back
0: well <laughs> oh, that's just it, and that's kind of been our whole as we've gotten started well, we're in it now, so let's just keep doing it so it's been it's been fun, it's been good, like I said everybody's been super great and super helpful al mills like all these guys so definitely appreciate uh the coffee community and uh and the people that we've gotten to to know over the last few months getting this thing going
2: wonderful well thanks again david for being here
0: right on thanks for having me
2: you're welcome so until next time consider stopping by mass coffee if you haven't been there yet because the coffee is delicious, the pastries are delicious. There's a particular pastry that is a Latin American delicacy called a concha. I've tried it, and it's delicious. And like David said, they support local. And so if you're into supporting local, I would say stop by Mass Coffee, say hey. Uh, David's not always there during the day because, of course, he's teaching, but I've met some of his baristas and everybody is just absolutely pleasant and wonderful and it's another coffee shop to explore and perhaps maybe one
1: day it will be one of your favorites thanks so much for listening if you like coffee with jenny b and want to know more connect with jenny on instagram at coffee with jenny b that's jenny with a g until then all you need is joy and more coffee